Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand clap. Can you come on? Get, come on, well. Come on, we come for him today. Came for the Lord today. Stay standing. Just, just stand. Just lift your hands all over the place here. Last night was amazing. God's presence was so strong, so real. Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you that you use men and women as vessels, but all the glory goes to you. Father, we would not attempt to, Lord, not only take your glory, but even touch it, God. It all belongs to you. Holy Spirit, I sense you so strong. Lord, I pray that in the next uh, couple days, Lord, help me to elevate Jesus. Lord, help me to get people to see Jesus in his rightful place high and lifted up and his train filled the temple and the angels cried out holy 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 is the Lord God almighty and as they as they cried out the place was shaken Lord we want, we want this place to be shaken with your glory God with your presence Lord you said God that literally in your presence there's fullness of joy there's hope. There's life. Lord, in your presence. Lord, Lord, literally, Lord, in one moment of your presence. Lord, we are transformed. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now. Just open up your eyes just for a second. I don't know how to say this other than to say this, but uh, God's moving powerfully. You know this in your church, right? Um, and, and, and I just believe it's, it's biblical and it's also honorable that the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. This just doesn't happen. But God called a man and a woman, come on, to come to this valley, right? Started, I believe, a Bible study in a home. And I, what's 12 years? How many years? 12 coming up in April. So technically, since I have a degree in accounting, it's 11. The only time you always go up in years is when you're 9, wanting to be 10. Then when you're 50, no, I'm 45. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. You just People are weird. When you're young, you want to get old. And when you're old, you want to get young. Side note, just be happy wherever you are, all right? Just be happy. But honestly, uh, what God has done in a few short years is absolutely miraculous. It hasn't been easy. It never is. Pioneering is never just, you know, wow, look at how cool this is. It takes, it takes really a, a special uh, couple, a special person, like your pastor, to pioneer something from ex nihilo which is out of nothing and so pastor jared i just said i'm proud of you i'm honored to be your friend i'm honored to just be in your great church because what god has done through you and through your family is just nothing short of amazing thank you for not giving up thank you for staying the course thank you for being the man that you are can we be, give, give a big hand clap come on for our pastor pastor jared Awesome. Stay standing. We're going to read the scripture together. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, guys, in the back if you want to put it up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. We're going to start there. Then we're going to skip over to 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, 12 through 23. Um, and uh, sometimes I, I get mixed up with messages I have preached, but I don't think I've preached this one here. I've only been here once, so probably not. You can keep playing. Can somebody keep playing keyboards? Can you do that for me? I'm a flow guy. I like presence. I just, that's who I am. You might even just be standing as I'm preaching the whole time. I get mad because, no, not you, but him. I get mad because everybody gets to sit and I have to stand for 35 minutes. I want to make one person stand with me for the whole time. He's young. Come on. You're young. Hey, man. You're young. Are you married? No? 
Is that like a sign like, yes, I want to be? I don't know. It's like, yeah, bro, come on. Have you heard of Match.com? Anybody heard of Match.com? I'm Benny.com. There we go. I, I got a guy right here, young, handsome, amen, loves Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, we'll go to verse 22 and 23. And um, we'll see what God does. I knew I didn't like that guy that just did that. I knew that. I knew that. So good. So good. What did I say? Matthew what? Ah, Matthew 6, 22, 23. Uh, by the way, I, I bring greetings from my wife, Wendy uh, Perez. She's, uh, she's preaching at our church, Church LV, this weekend. And so um, our, the church... Our church loves, she's, she's the favorite speaker. So I'm just setting up to hand it over to her. So it's all good. And um, so um, I'm just grateful for a church in Las Vegas that sends me. I don't come here. Uh, I'm sent here. I, don't, I didn't leave someplace. I got sent from a church. And I'm grateful that a church in Las Vegas uh, lets me and my wife travel around the world and encourage other churches. So I just want to give a shout out to uh, the world's second greatest church. Matthew chapter 6. Are you ready for the word? It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. Somebody say, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy or good or, 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 or healthy, your whole body will be full of what? Full of light. But if your eye is bad, I'm reading on the ESV. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how, how great is that that darkness now now since you're standing just go to i'm just gonna just you know get two birds with one stone we're gonna go to second kings please second kings second kings uh chapter six second kings chapter six second kings chapter six we're gonna begin in verse 12 my message is not gonna be long today okay trust me it's not gonna be long i have the biggest clock on the back wall that's staring at me. I love it. I can't lie and say I didn't see it. Second Kings chapter 6, beginning in verse 12. If you're there, say, I'm there. I would just encourage you, whether they put it up on the screen or not, uh, I think we need to get back to us bringing our Bibles to church. That's just me. I'm not legalistic. But, I mean, you, you, you could have it on your phone. Uh, I prefer the, the, the uh, paper version. Because text messages don't pop up when I'm reading my paper Bible. ESPN, come on, Lakers are losing, doesn't pop up on my Bible. All right. Are you ready? It says, and, and then one of his servants said, None, my Lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, Go and see where he is, and that I may send him and seize him. It was it was told to him, Behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army was with horses and chariots was all around the city. And, and the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And he said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us, come on, are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O oh Lord, please open. What did he say? Please open his eyes, his eyes, that he may what? So obviously he was seen, but he wasn't seen. What you're seeing may not be what you're seeing. Come on, what you're seeing with your natural eye may not be what you're really seeing. Well, I, 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 I came, I came, I came uh, with the word, and, and, and I, this word is going to be good this morning, but the next two messages tonight and tomorrow are, are, gonna, are, gonna, are going to mess you up. This is just a little appetizer and hors d'oeuvre. Seriously, because I feel, I feel God already. I feel like he's about to rip this place apart. I'm just telling you right now. And it started last night. If you weren't here last night, get the CD, get the DVD. Pastor Jared preached one of the greatest messages I've ever heard. Come on, on overcoming discouragement. 
So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man that he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down against him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Please strike the people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness in accordance with the prayer of Elisha. And Elisha said, This is not the way, and this is not the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to a man uh, whom you seek. And he led them to Samaria. And as they entered Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened up the eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And as soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said, Elisha, my father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? He answered, you shall not strike them down. Would you strike down those you have taken captive with your sword, with your bow? Set bread and water before them. They may eat it and drink and go to their masters who are prepared for them a great feast. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and went to the master. And the Syrians did not come again on, on, on raids in the land of Israel. Father, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. We'll get you married before the weekend is over. There are two great battles you will face in your life. The first great battle you will face in your life is how you perceive life. It's your perspective. The second great battle that you will face in your life is how you think about life. How you see life. Come on in how you think about life. What we like to do is we want to control circumstances and situations, which is an illusion because you cannot control, come on, situations and circumstances. You can't control life. You can't control a lot of things that happen to you. But there are two things that you have the ability, God-given ability, to do with your life, and that is how you perceive things, come on, and how you think about things. Those two things that I'm talking about, your perception and your thinking, God has given you the ability to regulate, monitor, and even change the way you perceive and how you think about things. It is the thing that makes us human. It makes us in the image of God. It makes us, you know, uh, uh, crafted that God uh, uh, made animals and he, and, he, and he declared all things, but then he put his hands on on humankind, he put his hands on me, and he put his hands on you, and he formed Adam out of the dust of the, of the earth and, and breathed into him, and he became a living being. And then he took a rib out of Adam, and he upped the ante, come on, ladies, and, and made the woman. Amen. Side note, God always saves the best for last. Come on, ladies. Amen. He said, okay, I got to see how I'm going to prove. And so he made the woman. Come on now. And so, so you have to understand that, that, that literally I, I, I've been... I've been just, just thinking about this, pondering about this, um, and, and, and particularly tonight and particularly tomorrow, uh, I'll be dealing with probably a lot of stuff that Pastor Jared preached on, and I didn't know what he was preaching on, to be honest with you, but, but I do believe that there are, are things that God wants to speak to us at the well, that I could tell you at the age of 52 years of age that, that I've lived now over half a century, come on now. Right? I know that shocked you when I said 52. I know. I know I don't look like, I, don't, I only look like 42, but amen. It's, it's a Hispanic Latin blood in me. Amen. Amen. It's good to be dark. Amen. Yeah, amen. And, and so, so I've lived uh, over half a century, and when I turned 50 years old, I did a lot of introspection. I did a lot of thinking about life, about, about my marriage, about my children, about my church, and, and a lot of things that that I think you, you don't get until you get a little bit older and you get perspective. It's, it's funny, when I was younger, I used to hear these old people say, man, I wish I had this knowledge when I was young. I am one of them now. Come on now. But I've learned that, that we have to, have to be careful about what we see and, and, and how we think about, come on, what we see. Right? And, and this is going to be a big phrase coming out through all this week. There's this, I, always, I always taught in my early years that the opposite of faith is fear. And, and I'm here to tell you, I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that the opposite of faith is fear. Now, it's going to mess some of you up. You see, so, so, so what do you mean? Well, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. So actually, I believe biblically, the opposite of love is fear. 
So, 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 Pastor, what's the opposite of faith? It is sight. For the Bible says we walk by faith and not by what? It doesn't say fear. It doesn't say, see, if the opposite of faith was fear, it would say we, don't, we walk by faith and not by fear, but that's not what the Bible says. How many know that we need to actually go back to the Bible? And some of the things we throw out there, especially as preachers, and I'm one of them, I have to go back and analyze what I'm saying. It sounds good initially, but when you got to go back to the Bible, it says this. It says that we walk by faith, come on, and not by what? So, so where does fear come from? Fear comes, watch me now, by how you're perceiving and seeing things. Fear is not the root. Fear is the fruit. Fear is the fruit. Anxiety is the fruit. Worry, come on, is the fruit. But the root is what you're seeing. Are you with me? How did the enemy come? Man, I feel annoying. How did the, that, 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 I'm sorry, I just talked to myself when I preach. It's a bad habit. My wife's trying to break me of it, but she's not here. Um, <laughs> what did the enemy do to Eve? He tempted her, but, but, but watch, when Eve saw that the fruit was good, so, so the, you can read it in Genesis, it says when she saw it, then she began to perceive, and then she had action. But it all started to come on with what she what? So how about David? David should have been off to war, right? It was a time when kings go to war, right? Because you're the well, so a lot of you know your Bible, right? And, and it says that he was kicking back on his roof deck, right? And the Bible says that he what? He what? What did he see? Bathsheba, and she was what? Bathing. Last time I checked, you don't bathe with the clothes on, right? And she was what? Beautiful, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, front row. She was I, I, you said the word naked, so I'm going to quote you. I'm quoting the beautiful woman on the front row. She shouted at me that she was naked, all right? You must come from Vegas. Okay, now watch this. Yeah, she lived there. I told you. I felt that spirit. So he saw. Somebody say he saw. And then, and then he perceived by she's beautiful, but he's married. But she's beautiful. He saw she's beautiful. And now watch me. After he saw... And he thought he acted in a contrary way. He went and got her, had somebody go get her. He slept with her. You know the story. Blah, 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 blah. But the cool thing about the story is that no matter what mistake you make, when you turn back to God, he has a way of turning it around in your life. It's what I love about God. And so, so I mean, I, I, I'm just, can, are, you guys, are you guys picking up what I'm laying down right now? Okay, because it's important for us to, to, to lay this foundation because if we're not careful, we keep saying, well, you know, I'm walking in a contrary to faith because I have fear in my life, but I would have you just step back in the well just a little bit further and, and, and ask you the question, why are you afraid? What have you seen? What are you thinking? Come on, that makes you afraid. Fear is an emotion that is caused by something. Are you hearing me? So, so, so you need to understand this because perception is very powerful. Jesus, in, in Matthew chapter 6, he's talking to his disciples, and, and Jesus speaks a perspective. He says, your eye is a lamp that provides light. He says, it's the way that you perceive something impacts your whole body. A good eye provides light for the whole body, but if you have a bad eye, it fills your life with darkness. If your perspective is wrong, if your perspective is bad, if your perspective, come on, well, is only in the natural, what's going to happen is eventually your whole life, come on, is going to be filled with darkness. Now write this down. Perspective is not based on what you're seeing, but how you're seeing it. 
That's what perspective is. It's not what you're seeing, but how you are seeing it. Things appear differently depending upon lighting. Come on in background. So uh, 19 years ago, coming up this March, I, w- I, I, I got married, okay? 19 years. It's amazing how fast the time it has gone. And uh, yeah, or 18 years. I'm sorry, 18 years. Feels like 19, but it's 18 coming up. So I got married in 1999. Come on, Prince. I'm going to party like it's 1999. And, and you know that, um, that, that weddings are stressful, strenuous. Uh, at, at our wedding, we had 1,300 people that came to our wedding. So it would, it would, put it this way, it would pack out this auditorium and do overflow probably, right? Unless it's, it's 1,000 or whatever. So it was a big deal. Everybody wanted to come. Is Benny Perez actually getting married? Come on. Just crazy because I had this master youth ministries, blah blah blah, and uh, and and so I remember I you know I'm getting dressed and all that kind of stuff, but man, the, the part I hated about my wedding the most was the pictures. Now, women, you love the pictures. Men hate pictures. And so, so you know what took the longest was work with me now. Well, right, the the photographer would get you all set, and then he he say, okay, hold steady. He'd snap a picture, the light would go, and, and then he'd come with his little meter and check the light and then do it again. And literally, sometimes it's like, like, it seemed like 20 times to get the right picture. So I was getting mad. And, and the guy said to me, he goes, listen, lighting is everything. Lighting is going to make your wife look better. Lighting can make you look slimmer. Come on, somebody. Right? That's why you all dress in black. Come on, I got it. I got it. See, it's all about perception. You have to understand that you have to view life in the light. So Jesus said this way, that my, that the word of God, come on, is light unto my path. It is light into your life. The Word of God is the illumination that you need to have, come on, in your life. It is illumination that now begins to cast the proper lighting, come on, on your life. So Jesus says this. He says, now, the light is God's Word. And now he says, if your eye is good, then it's going to bring in this light. And now your whole body is going to be filled with light. I'm here to declare the very first day of the well, the light of God's Word and the finished work of Jesus changes your perspective on your life. So what did Jesus do? Jesus said, I am the what? Light of the world. Right? You will not, if you're in him, you will not stumble, right? In darkness, you will not stumble if you continue to look, watch me now, at the light of the world. That's why my job in the next couple days is not to get you to look at Benny Perez. I'm trying to be funny, trying to get you engaged. That's just my gift. But ultimately, it's so that, watch me now, the seed of the word of God goes deep into your heart, deep into your life. Please, kiss, hear me. Man, please hear me when I say this. The power is not in the sower. The power is in the seed. I say that again. The power, watch me now, is not in the sower. It's not in the preacher. The power is in the seed. The seed is the word of God. And that's why it can bring forth, come on, 30, 60, or 100-fold return. I want you to look at me right now. Please, please look. Everybody look at me. Look at me right now. Why is it that you could have one person sitting next to another person, and one person gets all that God has for them, and the other person right next to them hardly gets anything? It's because you have to understand that there is a soil called your heart. And something about the well. See, you're here because you want to be here. Who's going to come to church on Saturday morning? Not me. The only reason why I'm here is because I'm preaching. I want to be on the golf course. I want to be sleeping in. But there's something about men 
and women that say at the well this weekend, I'm coming, and Lord, I'm opening my heart. I'm opening my life. Let that seed fall inside of my heart, God, because I want to see a harvest in my life. Are you with me? Say amen. Woo, last night when Pastor Jerry was preaching, man, my heart was open wide, and I'm taking notes. See, see, I'm taking notes. I'm not one of those preachers. I'm not preaching, so I'm not going to take any notes. I'm not preaching. I'm just going to look like I'm engaged. Look at Pastor Jerry. Look, at that. look like I'm engaged. Are you kidding me? I didn't come here to fill time. I didn't come here because that's what I had to do. I came here. I said, God, you got a word for me. God, you got a word for my heart. Lord, you're going to speak to me. I went home. I picked up the phone, called the most beautiful woman in the world. World. Not Jessica Alba, my wife, Wendy Perez. I said, Wendy, she goes, how, how are you doing? I said, man, it was awesome. And honestly, I said, I'm not saying this, sitting in the front row. I said, Pastor Jared preached, I think, one of the greatest messages on discouragement. And it was so life transforming. Come on, if I'm going to get here, you got to give me some energy on a Saturday morning. Hmm. See, see, what, what you didn't know is that, that this, this, he, was, he was a sower and he's throwing out the seed. <laughs> he's throwing out the seed of God's word. And when the word of God goes out, come on, hope begins to be planted in your life. I felt it. I, I felt the atmosphere shift. I felt it when he was authentic. I felt it when he was real. And then you, you say, well, wait a second, but he's still standing. He's still leading. He's still with, yeah, because let me tell you something. The sower has to also take the seed for his own life. Oh, man. Jesus says this perspective is powerful. Let me ask you a question. What are you, what are you filling your perspective with? Are you just feeling it with, oh, what's going to happen with the election? Oh, the election. Oh, what's going to happen with the election? Man, oh, man, you, you get a manipulator on one side and a mm, on the other side. I mean, what's going to happen with the election? Come on, let's be honest, right? Everywhere I go, man, whether you're, whether you're a donkey or an elephant, everybody's like worried. No, seriously. In case you don't know what that is, one's a Republican, one's a Democrat. I always get mixed up. I don't know which one is which. I just know that one's a donkey, one's an elephant. That's all I know. Here's the problem. Our perspective is filled with a donkey, which represents who? Who does that represent? Democrats, okay. Democrats are donkeys, okay. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the other one is what? Republicans, right? What is that then? The elephant? Here's the problem with that. If you focus all on that, I'm telling you, your life is going to be filled with, with darkness. Some people say, well, who are you? I'm not a donkey. I'm not an elephant. I'm focusing on the lamb. My party is the lamb. I said, my party is the lamb. Well, you know what happens if so-and-so gets into the White House, and you know what's going to happen, and, and really like as, as if Hillary gets in or Trump gets in, God's going to say, oh, Gabriel, it's over. I, I was at a major conference just recently. I sit on a certain board. That, that oversees a lot of churches and all kinds of stuff. And I'm sitting on the board, and we're having this big old deep discussion. And here's Benny Perez from Pico Rivera, California, some ghetto guy. And it's like they're getting all deep and all that kind of stuff. And I, I say, you know, guys, you're all smarter than me. Got it. You got your master's. You got your Ph.D. I know you went to Fuller. You went to Harvard. You went here. I went to El Rancho. Come on, somebody. <laughs> And they're looking at me, there was, and in fact, there was only two people of color, three people of color in that room. So there's like 15 Caucasians and three of us guys, other guys. My wife's white, so I'm not racist. Stop it. Watch this. And I just said to them, I said, hey, guys, you know, I, I, maybe this is naive. Maybe, maybe this isn't like... Like, why do we even have Benny on the board now? <laughs> but, you know, I just kind of look at the New Testament church. God had the audacity to start the New Testament church in a hostile political environment. Yeah. 
Last time I checked, Caesar wasn't pro-church. I don't know if you read your Bible. God could have started at any time, but he says, I'm going to start my church with a mighty wind. I'm going to start my church in a supernatural way. I'm going to start it in an era and a time that no man on earth would ever think about starting a church or a movement in a hostile environment. And it tells me this, that the Republicans and the Democrats and all the political system is not stronger than our God. It's not stronger than God's church. It's not stronger, come on somebody, than the kingdom. Now, for the sake of you saying, well, then I'm not going to vote. You need to go vote and vote biblical values. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I'm 52 years old. I've lived through Democratic, come on, presidents and Republican presidents, and I will still live another 50 years and live through all those. But at the end of the day, there is still one king that is on the throne, and his name is Jesus. Clap your hands well right now. Somebody say this, say, I need to look into the light. Say, I need to look into the light. Have you ever, ever been in a bright, bright place and then walked into a dark, dark room? You have difficulty seeing, don't you? Because your whole, your whole body is filled with light. Conversely, if, you, if you're in a dark, dark place for a long time, isn't the light, come on, kind of like hurting your eyes? Can I tell you this? Look at me, look at me, because I just want to finish this. Is that some of you have been living in a dark season right now. Of discouragement. Come on now. Of pain. Of uncertainty. And then what happens is when you come to the well and there's so much light, and you're going to have light in the app sessions, and you're going to have light tonight and light tomorrow. The, the, the initial reaction is, oh, oh. But if you stay steady, what eventually happens is your eyes begin to adjust. See, you, I, I feel the Holy Ghost already. Your eyes, it's uncomfortable. But you need to allow, come on, the Holy Spirit Come on, to adjust. Come on, your eyesight. You, you, you need to allow the Holy Spirit. You see, because all of a sudden now, all this light is like, oh, man, that's hard. But if you just stay there and you don't move, come on. All of a sudden, you, you've been in a movie theater. And you come out, and it's like, oh, oh. And the worst thing I could do is run back into the movie theater. Because I'll never be able to drive home. I'll stay stuck where I'm at. The reason why you came to the well, the reason why you're going to be at church this weekend, the reason why you're going to come back tonight and bring about five friends, the reason why you're going to come to every, every, everyone. Why do I have to go to everyone? Because when you used to nightclub and party, you didn't just settle for one club. You, cl you Okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. Look at me. How many used to club? Can I see your hand used to club? Okay, three of you. How many used to go, like, you, you, you went from club, come on, to club, to club. One club closed, and you went and found another one that was open. Then we get saved, and this is what we do. Like, I already went to church. Like, really? You used to party, party, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. We don't need no water. Let. Can I tell you something? I, I, and it's not because I'm preaching. It's irrelevant when I'm preaching. I'll preach to one person and, and preach the same way. But there's something about bathing yourself, getting in the presence of God, hearing the word of God. Can I hear an amen right now? That you're all of a sudden, man, you have to do that. Why? Because God is, and I feel it so strong, God is saying, I'm about to reveal light. I'm telling you, you're going to go to an app. And what's going to happen? Light is going to be now. Boom, all of a sudden. And what happens? What happens now? When light comes, everything that's afraid of the light, come on, begins to run out of your life. So, so Jesus deals with perspective. He deals with his perspective. And he says, listen, everything is about how you 
perceive things. I could, I could preach a whole thing on light. I could tell you that there's actually invisible light. I could tell you about the spectrum of light. I could tell you about infrared light. I could tell you about all the different kinds of light. But I would be here till 11, 11, 11.30, and I got about 14, 15 minutes. So I want to end with the story that we found. Come on, in 2 Kings chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we read the story. Let me give you the background really quick. Is that there is this prophet, and this prophet is Elisha, and, and he is so in tune with God that now God speaks to Elisha and tells him what the enemy is about to do. And so Elisha goes to the king of Israel and says, you got to be careful because this is what, what, what the enemy is going to do. This is where he's going to be. And he's so precise that now the, the, the king says, the, the king of, uh, of uh, Samaria says, okay, who is telling Israel about my plans? And, and a guy comes to him and says, you know what, king, none of us, we're all loyal to you, but there is a prophet and his name is Elisha and God has revealed to him that even the very secrets you speak, come on, in your bedroom, is being revealed to him. And so the Bible says that, that the enemy says, well, where is this guy? And, and, and they said, well, he's in Dothan. And so it says that, that now, he says, well, I want you to now go and capture this man. And so, so the Bible says the enemy goes to Dothan. Let me explain to you something about Dothan. Write this down. Dothan was a city that was easy to attack. They could surround it very easily. It, it was not a strategic place for you to actually be at if you wanted to now uh, defend yourself against an enemy. Uh, there, 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 was, there was not a really a good way to escape, uh, and it was, it was a good place if you wanted to be captured by the enemy. It's a place where the enemy easily surrounds somebody. And I have a question from the Lord for you. Where is your Dothan in life? Where is it, watch me, that it's seemingly the enemy comes and seemingly always seems to surround your marriage? Come on, your finances. Come on, your emotional stability. They're all, we all have Dothans in our life, that place where the enemy seemingly keeps attacking and attacking and attacking. Now, it's very interesting, the word Dothan. Write this down. You know what the word Dothan means? Watch this. It means two wells. It, it means the number two, like two, one, two, and then wells. What are we at right now? We're at the what? The well. So Dothan means two wells. What does that mean? It means Dothan is where you're going to have two different perspectives. Dothan is where you can either have faith or walk by sight. Dothan is where you can trust or worry. Dothan is where you can look to God or there's circumstances. Dothan is what you choose to see. I have a question for you. What well are you going to drink from? Ooh, this is so good. I can amen myself. What well are you going to drink from? Look, look. Everybody will have a choice. See, we don't like that kind of preaching in America. We don't like choice, choose. We like victim, blame. It's not my fault. But everybody, even in the midst of your pain, you can choose how you're going to respond to what is happening to you. What well are you going to drink from? My son, well, it's easier for you to say, look at you, even at 52, wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> Why at 52 are you wearing skinny jeans? Because I can. <laughs> Don't hate. If you had legs like a woman, you would wear skinny jeans also. <laughs> I know women. I know women. I know. Don't, don't, don't envy too much, but I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's the cross that I bear. The reason why I'm standing on a platform preaching at one of America's greatest churches is it because I'm that gifted or I'm that funny, although I am that funny. It's not because, see that, I didn't even say anything, you just laughed. It's because I know what it is to have to make a choice in pain. I know what it is to have to make a choice to make a sacrifice of praise. I know what it is 
to look at death in the face, discouragement in the face, pain in the face, wanting to quit and just say, you know what? No, I've got to choose which well I'm going to drink from. I cannot force you to drink from a certain well. I cannot manipulate you to drink in a certain well. All I could do is provide for you the wells. I love what Jared said, Pastor Jared said last night. He said that literally Hagar, watch me, had a well right in front of her and she didn't even see it. That God, come on, opened her eyes to see a well that was right in front of her. I wonder who's sitting, man, I wonder who's sitting here right now that, you know what, there's a well right now in front of you. There's a well of refreshment. There's a well of encouragement. There's a well of God's promises. There's a well of God right in front of you. But because the lighting is bad, you can't see it in the shadows. Woo. So, so, so he says, he's at Dothan. And so what happens is that the enemy surrounds Elisha and the servant. Watch in Dothan. The Bible says that the servant goes out to get the early morning newspaper. And when he goes out, watch what happens. It says this. It says that he looks and he sees the enemy surrounding him. And when he sees the enemy surrounding him, notice that fear and dread attacks him. And he says, what are we going to do? Elisha, what are we going to do? He was looking at a situation out of his own perspective. What are we going to do? There are some things that you don't know what you're going to do. There are some things I'm facing right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. But the question isn't, what am I going to do? The question is, God, what are you going to do? So now, God, what I do is I look to you and I say, God, my eyes go to the hills where my salvation comes from. My eyes are in the risen Savior. My eyes are on Jesus. My perspective is on Jesus. My perspective is on the God of miracles. My perspective is on a God who said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. My perspective is on a God that says, even when the enemy comes, in, I'll make him run away seven ways. My perspective is no matter what weapon is formed against you, quit crying about what weapons are formed against you. It is biblical that weapons will be formed against you and against me, but it says no weapon that is formed against me. It shall not prosper. Oh, I feel something. You got to clap your hands right now. Oh, no, devil, I see that weapon, but it will not prosper. I know it's coming against me, but it will not prosper. I know what I feel. I know what I see, but it will not prosper. It will not prosper. Ah, oh, I feel something. Take heart. That you have adversity in your life. That means you're swimming upstream. If you don't have any adversity, it's because you don't have an adversary. And if you don't have an adversary called the enemy, it's because you're walking with him, not against him. Why should I fight you if we're walking in agreement? I'm preaching good. You don't want, you don't want, I'm, I'm being nice right now. I'm going to unload on you tonight. Why should the enemy attack you if you're, if you're in a relationship that is not godly? He'll let you keep sleeping with her. You're not married. Why are you going to keep that? Why, why would he attack you? Why would he attack your finances when you're not given anything? Is he getting quiet in this Christian church? Are you hearing what I'm saying? But isn't it true? Well, see if it's true. All of a sudden you come to the well and you start drinking from the right well and your eyes get open and all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I'm going to start giving to God. And I see this over and over again in my church. It's like when somebody starts tithing, then something hits. Because it's adversity. You had an adversary. But instead of elevating the adversary, why don't we elevate the one who destroyed the adversary? His name is Jesus. So, so I love this. Are you guys learning something? 
I love this because, because now, what does Elisha do? We read the text. It says, Elisha called out the fear of the man. He says, don't be afraid. Now watch. Why was the servant afraid? Because he saw the enemy. Because he just allowed what he see to dictate how he's going to live. So watch, Elisha, the man of God, the prophet, watch, he did not deny the enemy. Was it, what enemy? I don't see any enemy. What enemy? It's not real. What enemy? What enemy? Listen, Christianity is not based on denial. It's based on declaration. I do not deny my circumstances. I do not deny my emotional instability. I don't deny that I'm depressed. I don't deny that I'm discouraged. What I say is, listen, I know that I could declare something that is greater than what I'm facing. And so what happens is he never lived in denial, but the prophet lived with another viewpoint. He lived with another perspective. He lived in another realm. He believed in a bigger God. He believed that God was able, no matter what the enemy did, that God was still able, come on now, to make a way of escape. That God was able, even with bad decisions and bad things that I've done in my life, God is still able, come on, to redeem and reconcile all that stuff. That our God is able, listen, I'm going to stop preaching this gospel. If I do not believe that God, no matter how bad a decision you made, no matter what you did that was crazy, I will stop preaching the gospel if I don't believe that God can reconcile and turn things around. Because if God could use Moses the murderer, Abraham the liar, David the adulterer, I could go on and on. And that is not condoning sin and condoning the way we want to live. It's saying this, that God could use anybody and everybody that has leaked out a lot of humanity in their life. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced at 52 years of age that my best days are ahead of me. No matter how much God has used me, no matter how much things have happened, no matter how much I've been knocked back and all the stuff that I've been through, I refuse to believe that my best days are behind me. I'm going to prophesy over you right now. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you've been through. And I don't mean I don't care compassionately, but I'm here to tell you that if you're still alive, you're still breathing, that means God still has something great in your life. My father-in-law died seven years ago in Vegas, in a hospital. He literally died in my house. They resuscitated him, took him to St. Rose Hospital, and there everybody gathered. Jude and everybody came, and we were there, and we sang my father-in-law, the great pastor Wendell Smith, to heaven with beautiful exchange. I'll never forget it. Never. But before my father-in-law slipped into his coma, before he was gone, I remember having a talk with him just a couple days before, and he says, no matter what happens to me, we win. Listen to me. I know it's easy to clap when it hasn't happened, but I had to clap afterwards. And he, and he had a bunch of golf balls made up. And I have a sleeve of those golf, ball, golf balls. I won't play them. But they're in my golf club rack that I have in my garage. And I see it every time I, I open up. And I have, I have some in my office. And it says this, no matter what we win, oh, death, where is your sting? No, to hear me, it stings on this side. But it doesn't sting on that side. I, I, I've been in the depths of depression. I've been there. And to be honest, at times... It creeps back. Like, God, how come I don't have a new building? Ten years in one building. The enemy mocking me. Four buildings have fallen through. I can go on and on and on. What I'm preaching to you isn't a message. What I'm preaching to you is how I live my life. And so watch. I'm, I'm landing the plane. Somebody come back to the keyboards. That's a good sign we're ending in America. The prophet is about ready to pray. The servant of the prophet is like, this is awesome. Fire is going to come down. Destroy the enemy. Maybe, maybe God's going to open up the earth and swallow up the enemy. 
Isn't it funny how we always want, we pray prayers for God to take care of the enemy? So I can see the servant, right? The servant, I'm going to preach to you because he's actually smiling. Everybody else is like, mm, I'm going to preach to you. The servant's like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Take this, burn them up, swallow them, a flood. Let angels come with swords and just dice them to pieces. So here's the prophet. Prophet's over here praying. He goes, Lord God. The servant says, yeah, 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 yeah. Fire, fire, fire. I choose fire. Lord God, I pray. Yeah, give it to him. Give it to him, Elisha. Give it to him. Give it to him. Okay. Lord, I pray that. Yeah, here it comes. Here it comes. I pray, Lord, that their eyes, yep, their eyes, their eyes will see fire coming from the sky and burning them. Lord, I pray that his eyes would be open. No, no, if you're the servant, you're like, bad prayer, wrong prayer, <laughs> right? Watch. He says, Lord, I pray that you would open up his eyes. Wait, 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 wait. Elisha, I'm seeing the enemy. What's wrong with you? But Elisha understood there was a reality behind the reality. There was something super behind the natural. There was God working on your behalf when you can't see it. Mm -hmm. and, and so watch, watch. When he prayed that, same prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 through 29 same prayer to the New Testament church he says I pray that your eyes would be open Paul is, is praying this prayer to a church in Ephesus who is fighting demonic power and he begins to pray this prayer for this reason. I have heard of your faith. I do not cease to give thanks for you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom. Come on, somebody, in revelation. In the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance and the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who what? Towards us who what? Did you just do a series on what? Oh my God, do you hear what God is saying? That if you believe, you believe, he's going to show you this incredible great power that is towards you according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Watch this. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Let me retranslate that. Far above your discouragement, your depression, your sickness, your disease your issues there's a name that is greater than all of those other names and he's put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all